0: Chapter 9. Self-Sabotage. The Wrecking Ball. I don't understand why, but the practice of self-massacre is not only common, but it's been in practice for years. People like to take themselves down. People wait until they are at the peak of success. Then they sit back and watch a little wrecking ball rip everything apart. The problem here is that the wrecking ball is being controlled by you. Like Miley Cyrus' song she sang in 2013 hit, I came in like a wrecking ball. I just closed my eyes and swung. Anyone who has ever destroyed her own progress has come in with this wrecking ball, come in full stream, ready to destroy. Often, this demolition is unplanned. Sometimes, this attack comes with a faint premonition of its coming, almost like an aura. It might be a bright light or a sensation. It's something that comes about you that is telling you to go rage on your food plan. Suddenly, you are planning to extinguish every bit of hard work you have put forth on this diet. When you hear this demonic voice grumbling inside your head, telling you that this game is over, you know the wrecking ball is coming. But why? Why would we work so hard on something to sit back and watch ourselves destroy it? It's such an unexplainable phenomenon. People do it all the time with all aspects of life. But with health and wellness, I'm particularly intrigued. Why would someone spend weeks or months working so hard only to destroy it? change her eating and lifestyle to take it down with one clean sweep this behavior has always made me want to study the depths of the human psyche and why the human brain would allow such destruction to take place a person who has devoted so much time energy and money to a cause shouldn't want to ruin things so why does this happen As I mentioned earlier in this book, unless you find a sustainable plan, you only have a 5% chance of keeping this weight off that you lose. That's it. There are many reasons for this. These reasons are covered throughout this book. To top one off, this is the wrecking ball. It is the 95% likelihood that this wrecking ball is going to swing your way during this bumpy ride. If you know it's coming, you can protect yourself and avoid getting hit. Let's pull up our Wonder Woman underpants, girls. I'm going to teach you how to avoid this self-sabotage. What is self-sabotage? I've been telling my self-sabotaging clients this story for years. It's about an artist who spent many, many months working on a very detailed project, the beautiful wall. Matteo was an artist who had a passion for detail. One day he decided to paint. He painted a mural for himself as an expression of his love for art. This mural was the size of a large room and had a multitude of colors. Every day, Mateo would go to this old warehouse that he rented. He had this room that he spent hours prepping and preparing the next steps of this process. He used very detailed tools to apply all the different colors of paint. He also spent hours shopping for this paint so the colors would be perfect. He waited for the paint to dry before moving on to the next step in order for everything to be absolutely ideal. Every day Mateo could see his progress on the walls of this mural. Anyone who had seen his work praised him for his dedication and commitment. One thing about Matteo was that he had never completed a project such as this before and he was starting to get a bit nervous that at some point he was going to do something to mess things up. In fact, He started to feel very anxious about the mural and found himself going to this warehouse less often. He also found that he wasn't enjoying it as much, but he couldn't figure out why. This scared him a bit, so he figured he needed to take a break. Mateo talked himself into this well-deserved break and decided to go back to do a little painting again. To his sad surprise, it just wasn't the same. He couldn't get into it. This made Matteo sad and even more anxious. He decided to leave and take an entire week off to clear his head and figure out a new plan. During this time off, Matteo thought about his mural and all of his months of hard work. He was reminded of how much he missed it. He was thrilled at his newly sparked enthusiasm, and he headed back to the warehouse to paint. Super excited to get started, he discovered that he never properly cleaned up the last time he was there, and as a result, the brushes were all ruined. Disappointed, yet not discouraged, he would run to the craft store and treat himself to some new brushes and paints. That's what women do, right? He thought, as he filled up his cart, a new set of 48 premium art brushes, an acrylic paint kit with 71 colors an aluminum easel, and a glaze kit. He felt reborn. New supplies, new inspiration. He headed back to the warehouse to paint, but decided to set everything up and come back when he had more time. Weeks had passed now. The new supplies had been sitting at the studio, completely untouched. Matteo had been unmotivated and absent from this project that he had once cared about so much. He felt it coming. He sensed this feeling of, I don't know what, as he explained it. Frustrated, he went to the warehouse and decided to work. He needed to get back on track. New brushes, new paint. He dipped, stroked, painted, sketched, shaped, doodled, scribbled, scratched, screeched, and screamed. He kept going, scribbling, smearing, scarring, and now defacing his work. He thought he was getting back on track, but his frustrations led him to destroy his work. Without even realizing it, Matteo had taken black paint and painted all over the beautiful details. The details that he had worked so hard to create. Months and months of work. Days and hours of planning and prepping. Gone. He had completely sabotaged his project and destroyed it. What he had worked so hard to accomplish was ruined. Matteo even had a premonition that this self-mutilating behavior was on the horizon. This had happened many times before. He was so close to finishing, yet so far. You see, this artist is no different than we are. Mateo painting black paint all over his work is no different than jumping into a bowl of guacamole at a party. Anyone who has ever lost weight has spent countless hours planning and prepping for their success. It is not a part-time thing. It is a 24-7 deal. There is not a minute that doesn't go by when a food decision doesn't have to be made. We are faced with hundreds of food decisions every day. Day in, day out. Every week, for every month, for however long you make it before that wrecking ball gets wheeled out. It presents itself like the next fucking game in The Price is Right. Mateo, you are next in The Price is Right. You hear that and you're screwed. The wrecking ball has come out. Up until now, you have always surrendered to your weakness and you have let it take you down. Not this time, folks. Where are those Wonder Woman undies? Pull those fuckers up. I have to teach you a few things about avoiding self-sabotage. Avoiding self-sabotage. 1. Set realistic, sustainable goals. Be real. As I mentioned earlier, don't set your goals so high that they are not sustainable. You have to be mindful of the fact that you need to be able to continue this for a long time. How long, you ask? Um, forever. Don't be an ass. You can't hold your breath for five minutes. So don't take a chance of diving into a deep pool of water and drowning. Pick a more realistic time limit. Sabotaging weight loss efforts involves more than cheating on your diet. It happens when you set goals you can't meet. Two, go the distance. Your goal is to lose weight and see an immediate result. Cutting in line and cheating will only slow you down. Instead of moving fast, take small, realistic steps towards your goal. It may take longer to reach your goal, but you will more than likely stick to your plan. As you become accustomed to the changes involved, you could add more intensity to your program. Add changes as tolerated instead of all at the beginning. This is when you're overwhelmed and more than likely to quit. For example, add one more day of exercise to your week and you are more likely to stick to it for a month. Add one more glass of water to your intake over the course of a week. This way you're not choking down dozens of ounces of water at once. Change your nutritional routine gradually. Don't wipe your cupboards of all the food at once. Making everyone in your family eat kale and quinoa exclusively for a week straight may not be the best idea. Eventually, you may love your kale and quinoa. But don't force it down all in the same day because you're going to end up eating a greasy cheeseburger for dinner. Then you didn't go the distance. There are plenty of people who become accustomed to a very healthy and clean diet right away. They can tell you that it was a transition. Your palate will adjust to the new textures, flavors, and varieties of food they will become your new favorites. Be sure to allow room for some of your classic favorites with moderation, of course. No marathon runner ever got a medal for running 25 miles. It's the last stretch that counts. Set yourself up for success. Three, hold the pose. Once you create a routine that you like, you have to decide if you can sustain that routine for a long time or permanently. As you are going through the motions of your new regimen, you will have to convince yourself if you really love it. You will think that you can undoubtedly do it forever. You see, when weight loss occurs, you experience a bit of euphoria. This causes your brain to think You can maintain certain routines that may not be realistic. I have seen this happen. I've seen this happen hundreds of times over the years. People either restrict their calories to such low levels, causing rapid weight loss, or spend hours at the gym. These diet cheaters will inevitably get caught up cheating or cutting in line. These Things will lead to wrecking balls making their appearances and striking once again. You have to dig deep into your psyche. It is very difficult to identify the differences between realistic and unsustainable. Once you find yourself cutting too many corners and taking too many shortcuts, you have to dial things back and make really important decisions. Choosing to continue on with an unsustainable routine will bring you faster results, but these results will inevitably be temporary. Being realistic may make the weight take longer to come off, but you will be much happier with the progress. And as a result, your chances of keeping that weight off will increase substantially. Be careful, conscientious, About these things as your program develops and keep it real. Four, face your fears. You will always have the best intentions the day before. People always plan on going to the gym the next day. We always intend to follow that food plan and avoid temptations of the world. We spend countless hours planning and playing the imaginary scripts of the perfect day in our heads every single day. Until that day actually comes. After you have promised yourself that you would go to the gym at seven o'clock that morning, a friend calls for breakfast, or you're running late to work, or maybe you're too tired to get up early, then you convince yourself that you'll go tomorrow for sure. And this cycle of procrastination continues. Procrastinate. 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 Procrastination. No matter how you say it, it sounds the same. Avoidance. If you wanted to get up and go to the gym at 7 o'clock, nothing would stop you. Nothing. Let's say this 7 o'clock meeting was a job interview or a hair appointment. You would never miss it. What does this tell you? The likely culprit in this situation Is fear. To start a new course you must ask yourself, why am I afraid to go to the gym? Believe it or not, gymophobia is a true thing. I suffer from it and I still do sometimes. Can there be such a thing as being so intimidated as walking into a fully loaded gym? (laughs) Now walk into this fully loaded gym when you don't feel like a superstar. Or maybe you feel fine with the gym environment, but feel weak or view yourself like a failure. Perhaps you want to save yourself the embarrassment of not knowing how to use the treadmill. Maybe you don't even know where to hang your coat. You need to figure out what you're afraid of. There is a reason why you're not allowing yourself to succeed. And until you figure it out, that wrecking ball may strike. Here are some common reasons that people fear success. A. Being afraid of success. What will life be like after weight loss? Often, people fear the unknown. The irrational fear of not knowing what life will be like after losing a tremendous amount of weight. This could be scary for some people. Being unable to comprehend weighing dozens of pounds less could scare someone enough to cause them to avoid losing it. B, keeping the weight off. There's a lot of stress involved in maintaining this routine involved. Knowing the amount of work that's involved, people feel the realization of having to maintain these habits for the rest of their lives. Understanding that this new program should be realistic should help with the sustainability of this routine. C, fearing failure. Many are afraid of starting a program that would lead to another unsuccessful attempt. Many times individuals have failed so many times prior in a similar program that they don't want to repeat their failure and they just don't make another attempt. D. Battling self-doubt. People often have low self-esteem and struggle with the inability to perceive themselves succeeding. Until people have succeeded in something, they might feel uneasy about their ability to perform the tasks necessary to meet their goals. E. Losing that safety blanket. The weight presents itself as a safety blanket that protects you from taking action in intimidating situations. Losing this blanket will cause great fears. F, fear, fearing lifestyle change. Losing weight could lead to dating, expanding your social life, having to maintain daily exercise or having to shop for new clothes and understand fashion. All of these things are irrational, yet very relevant. G. Fearing negative priority changes. You may not worry that weight loss might cause you to take time away from your family due to gyms and food prepping, but you might worry that it will. H. Fearing judgment. People will cast judgment upon others for anything and everything. Having to fear that others will judge you for why you lost weight or why you needed to lose weight is a legitimate obstacle. These are headings that should be underlined. I. Stop comparing yourself to others. We live in a hyper-competitive society. We have become a nation of individuals who batter and bruise the egos of others, all in the same breath. We compare ourselves to everyone else and measure ourselves based on other people's standards. It is essential to avoid comparing ourselves to our peers. This competition can become the most unhealthy and counterproductive thing that you can do. Every person is completely different. We all have different metabolic rates. We all move differently at different levels of the day. Furthermore, we all eat and drink different foods. Our bodies respond to this nutrition in different ways. There is no way that you can take one person's routine and expect it to work on someone else. You also can't expect to achieve the same results as another individual. You think that that person is following the same plan as you, but in reality, it is impossible. In addition to you comparing your progress to that of someone else's, you also assume that you are following the same plan. This is where social media can be very dangerous. It can be very depressing to go on someone's Instacrap account and see non-stop flow of overdone gym look at me selfies these pictures are screaming low self-esteem from every post and i can tell you that Wendy, the workout queen is not following the same plan as you her plan is called a camera filter it's the one that makes her ass look rounder and her waist look smaller <laughs> the chances that she is on the same plan as you are slim to none. Even if the plans were similar, you should not compare your progress to that of others. This constant calculation and comparison will cause an unnecessary amount of stress and anxiety in your life. It will do you no good, so be your own person and praise yourself for your progress. Wendy is stupid anyways, and I heard she had work done Hashtag, I'm on to you, Wendy. Hashtag, be who you are. J, challenge yourself. Don't be afraid of taking risks. It is always easy to settle into a routine that's comfortable, especially when you've experienced success with something. The most successful people are always pushing limits and expanding boundaries. Past triumphs are important those victories can equip you with the confidence you need to achieve your current goals. If you're spending too much time celebrating old successes, you're not challenging yourself enough. This is necessary to meet new goals. Don't be afraid of failure. Sometimes taking risks means that you are going to fall on your ass. That fall is one that is usually worth taking. Although, You might lose some skin on that fall. You will most likely learn some things. These things will help you grow and do some new things. Individuals who self-sabotage always hold themselves back. They don't give themselves enough credit for having the ability to take these risks. K. Always learn from a good mistake. I have never taken a bad mistake and not learned something good from it. There is a silver lining around every dark cloud. You just have to find it. Don't be so hard on yourself as you work towards your goals. There is no way you will get through any process without making a mistake. No matter how organized or how brilliant you think you are, you will make a mistake. First off, you have to learn how to self-forgive. This is a biggie. Don't beat yourself up for past lapses in judgment. Don't let your mind torment you. Tune out negativity and think about how you could have made the situation better. Learn from the mistake and move on. As you can see from this past chapter, it is human nature to sabotage ourselves for many things. When it comes to weight loss, this is extremely common. As I have worked with people over the years, I have come to the realization that it is an expected part of the process. It is probable that almost every person that I've worked with comes to a point in the program when they feel the need to sabotage themselves. This was going to inevitably occur, so I decided to start telling my clients that this was going to happen. I was hoping that by telling them, this would deter the behavior. I found that knowing that this behavior would occur may reduce the likelihood of it happening. Being aware of these strategies that could be taken will keep that wrecking ball at bay. There is a fine line between those who welcome the wrecking ball to demolish their hard work and those who do not want that wrecking ball to harm them. I'm going to share two similar stories of two individuals. It's clear who has invited the wrecking ball into their life and who did not want the ball to strike. Aviana and Samantha have been best friends since they can remember. They do everything together. When Aviana decided to get highlights, Samantha would also get highlights. If the highlights were hot pink, then hot pink was for both. When Samantha wanted to learn sign language, Aviana signed up for the class. When Aviana wanted to go rock climbing, Samantha gave her best attempt. Monkey see, monkey do. Although they did everything together, the two of them were quite opposites in nature. Aviana was not very organized and often very impulsive, whereas Samantha was generally over the top with her to-do lists and plans. These besties were so opposite that it was a constant joke. If one of them was cold, the other one was hot but they were probably wearing the same outfit and eating the same thing. Their eating patterns were not so good at all. Fast food junkies followed by processed meals with low nutritional quality topped off with foods containing high preservatives. They were like two happy clams sitting in their apartment ordering crappy food. Nights after nights, they ate guiltlessly with not a worry in the world. As the two of them gained weight, they both planned to get their poor eating habits under control, and they knew that they would do this together, of course. After one full weekend of Chinese and sushi spread, large enough to feed all of Japan, they decided it was time. One last celebration they said. And they made these amazing pretzel and peanut butter Rolo cookies and ate all of them right out of the oven. They knew it was ready to diet. Samantha spent all day and part of the night reorganizing the cabinets and labeling everything. Aviana finished watching season 12 of Hollywood Firefighter Wives. They decided they were going to figure out which plan was the best for them. Samantha spent endless hours researching and could probably write a book about weight loss. Aviana was too busy worrying about what Netflix series she was going to binge watch next. They selected the plan that Samantha had picked out. Let me give you some background on these two ladies. Samantha was very type A, as you already know. All her eyes were dotted and her T's were crossed. Her eyes were even dotted with freaking hearts and even now she dots them with hearts. She's Mrs. Happy Pants 100% of the time and to top it off she teaches kindergarten. Ugh, Freaking kindergarten. Let's be real. In that event that I might be that freaking happy there would for sure be alcohol involved. The second a five-year-old would make themselves present with their mousy little voice, I would lose my happy pants and my shit all at once. Yep, happy pants and shit all at once. Nice little bundle. That would be me, and that was exactly Aviana most of the time. For as perky and as annoying, I mean as enthusiastic as Samantha could be, her BFF was less than pleasant. I wouldn't say Aviana was mean or vicious, but let's just say she was filled with a lot less perk and a lot more jerk. Both of these ladies had a tremendous amount of friends. Their friends were of complete different cultures. It was like Pink Ladies versus the Woman of Wrestling. It didn't matter because Sam and Aviana were so good for each other. And even though most of their friends had legal restraining orders against each other, they didn't see each other much. The reason I tell you this is because I think it is freaking hysterical. Yet it has nothing to do with this story or them. So anyhow, back to the diet. Their new lifestyle had started off a bit bumpy, but it went well overall. Samantha would cook everything and prep. Aviana would complain that she didn't like certain things. Then she would end up loving everything that she tried. Samantha would enter every meal perfectly that she calculated into her log and Aviana would just ask her for the information and throw it all in at the end of the day. Aviana would weigh herself every morning and record her weight. Samantha would wait until after she exercised to get a fake weight and then enter it in her log. She would then cry on Aviana's shoulder that she was tired of this routine, and whine some more. This kept going. Samantha would set her alarm every day and force herself out of bed. Aviana would get up only when she felt like it. Samantha would get super stressed if she forgot to pack a lunch and spend her entire lunch hour trying to figure out what to eat. Aviana would also forget, but make appropriate choices. Day in, day out, week after week month after month. These two ladies battled out these quarrels that occurred, and would you believe it? They lost weight. At this point, both of these ladies hit plateaus and had been able to move on. They had both lost more than 30 pounds, and they were feeling great, but losing momentum. One day, Samantha felt herself really slipping. She couldn't describe it, but she felt like she was getting tired of maintaining this routine. The logging, the cooking, the shopping, the prepping, the working out. She was really tired of doing everything for Aviana. It was double the work. And to make things worse, she felt like it was letting Aviana down if she quit or took a break. This was tremendous pressure and she felt like it spiraled into more anxiety. Samantha was feeling like not only could she not maintain this routine, but she felt she was not going to be able to keep up this weight loss, thus making herself a failure. She thought back to the last time she lost 30 pounds. The same exact thing happened. She became derailed and ended up gaining all of her weight back. She had such a fear of being judged again. And with her type A personality, that just couldn't happen. No way, no how. Miss Perfect Pants couldn't fail at anything. And if this was a fail, then she wasn't going to do it. Perfect Pants and Happy Pants go together. There is no room for self-doubt pants and she would rather have fat pants in her closet than look at me, I failed pants. As crazy as it sounds, Samantha basically opened the door and invited the gargoyles in. She walked up to her brain and opened the doors. She invited all elements of self-doubt, uncertainty, and disbelief in. She let mistrust, paranoia, skepticism, and self-pity into her soul. These emotions, all in the physical presence of the gargoyles, scurried up into her body. They went up into her head like the scrubbing bubbles in the bathroom cleaner commercials. Once these little fuckers were released, they saturate your mind, body, and soul. You remember the gargoyles? These relentless little motherfuckers. They have these insane abilities to cause your brain to do illogical things. In this case, when you open the pity party gates, these gargoyles like to partay. They even throw confetti around. This causes you to have feelings of self-doubt and uncertainty. Like any confetti, this self-doubt confetti is a bitch to clean up. Samantha thought she wouldn't be able to maintain this new lifestyle days ago, so she had no desire to even try. She had convinced herself that it was too difficult and that she didn't have time. As time passed, Samantha came up with more and more reasons for why she didn't need to continue on with this healthy eating. What she was really doing was watching this wrecking ball demolish her hard work. Every time that wrecking ball struck, those gargoyles would cheer. They cheered as they shoved butter popcorn down their conniving throats. Samantha did nothing to stop this. Strike after strike, the gargoyles celebrated their victory. Samantha allowed this self-sabotaging behavior to take control once again. On the other hand... Aviana had a bit less of an uptight attitude about certain things. Actually, she wasn't uptight about anything. She didn't give a rat's ass about what anybody thought about her or her low-life idiot friends. Aviana was clearly a train wreck. The kind of train wreck that Jerry Springer loves to have on his live panel when he's revealing the DNA Who's Your Daddy results. (laughs) <laughs> Yet, Aviana was content with her life and her choices in life. She did nothing to please anyone else. If she set out to do anything, it was for herself and herself only. Like I said, Aviana did not give a fuck about anybody or what anybody thought. If she went down in failure flames, she had no qualms about what she was wearing on her sleeve. She was a badass, and badasses don't cry. After she watched her bestie light her weight loss success pants on fire, she wondered if she would end up falling in the same rut. So far, Aviana was feeling pretty confident about her weight loss and her routine, so she didn't allow herself to get overwhelmed by taking on too much with this program. Although she followed the same exact plan as Samantha, she learned from her mistakes she forgave herself for not being perfect. Unlike Miss Happy Pants, Aviana knew there was no such thing as perfect. Except for, of course, Lily Lankwather from season six of Hollywood Firefighter Wives. That girl had her shit together and was truly perfect. But anyhow, no one else was perfect and Aviana knew that. Things became more difficult now that Samantha wasn't on board with the clean eating. She had a pick up the slack for herself and actually prepare her own meals and cook for herself. Every so often, she would stumble and make terrible mistakes that would result in these little setbacks, but she always forgave herself and learned from every mistake. And every time Aviana felt those gargoyles knocking, she avoided the temptations. When she felt that wrecking ball starting to swing, she would persevere with her positive attitude. She was not doing this for anyone else. She was doing this for her. She liked eating these foods. She liked feeling this way. She loved the energy that came with the weight loss and the clarity that she felt with her newly found self-esteem. No matter what, she was not going to let this wrecking ball strike. She knew she was in control. Ultimately, she was able to avoid any self-sabotaging behaviors, which eventually led to her success. Looking at the two stories, you can see how one of the characters allowed the negativity and self-sabotaging behaviors to enter her life. It's my belief that Samantha was tired of the program. She didn't enjoy it anymore, and she was overwhelmed with the amount of work that it had become. She also created this with this high expectation for herself. She wanted to succeed with no room for errors. Her standards were set so high, and she had to broadcast them to the world and felt somewhat trapped. Samantha realized that she could no longer maintain this lifestyle. Instead of quitting or failing, she created obstacles to make it impossible for her to continue and succeed. And once she stumbled just a little bit, she wasn't able to self-forgive. This led to a snowball effect of stumbles, which then led to the presentation of the wrecking ball. You see, Samantha was in control the entire time. She could have managed this entire ordeal differently. This would have changed the outcome of her story. Changing her type A personality and overzealous ability to complicate things was unrealistic. Samantha could learn to make many improvements that would help with her future. Due to her diligence, you would think that Samantha would be more successful. But in this case, and often in many cases, this desire to be perfect can often lead to failure. Samantha allowed the wrecking ball to strike by inviting self-sabotage into her life. She did this simply by being unrealistic. She set the standards too high and made her goals unreachable. Her routine was too difficult to follow, and she created her own anxieties by not allowing any errors. In addition to this, Samantha had no tolerance for mistakes. She was unable to forgive herself for making them. She could never learn from them, and in the end, this did her a huge injustice. Aviana, on the other hand, would take the opportunity to learn from every mistake. For example, when she would forget her lunch, she would make the effort to plan better in the future. This would help her have a backup plan for where she could go to get a lunch. Her BFF would spend her entire lunch hour beating herself up. She spent more time thinking about what a failure she was than doing something about it. Sadly these pity parties would end up with a food binge of some sort. Samantha also had a clear issue with facing her fears. She was afraid of failing, she was afraid of not being the best, and she was afraid of what everybody else would think of her. These fears were costing her success on so many levels. These fears were keeping her from taking any risks. Being a risk taker may end up in failure. And now, we're right back to where we started. Aviana, and her, I don't give a shit attitude, actually did give a shit. She just didn't care what others thought. She was okay with taking things slow. She was fine with going the distance and making small changes along the way. She was never a fan of going batshit crazy and changing things up all at once. Baby steps were her way. Who needed Tyrannosaurus rex steps? She was okay with working out three days a week instead of seven. She didn't think she needed to put out all of her fucking mason jars every Sunday afternoon and food prep. She didn't need to label them with different color scrapbook paper. Nonsense. She also found no point in creating spreadsheets of ounces of water that she drank or spreadsheets with exact times that she took a freaking dump. Let's be real. Aviana just did her thing. She ate when she was hungry. She logged her food without getting out the Petri dish. She didn't get out a microscope to get the exact micrograms of nutrients. She drank her water and made sure she was pooping. There was no way to weigh her poop. I mean, come on. Basically. Aviana knew how to make this new style of living one that she was comfortable with. She also knew that no one would judge her for not being perfect, and she always self-forgave. This ability to forgive herself was critical in her success, and it will be in yours. It is an attribute that is inborn, but can be learned as well. Sabotaging yourself is a common and interesting phenomenon. We do it with all aspects of life. People sabotage their careers, their families, and their finances. Individuals sabotage their freedom, dignity, and even reputation for reasons that are unknown. The wrecking balls sit idle in everyone's psyches. We just have to learn to keep them from Striking.